Hello, welcome back to Monster Frequency. It's me, Ben. How are you doing? Thanks for staying with us. Uh, a couple more fantastic guests for you this episode. So, fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a bit of an adventure. A bit of a medical adventure. A bit of a medical update for you, to be honest. Um, so, who have we got? Well, two guests. First of all, Kathy Yelf. Now, Kathy is the chief executive of the Macula Society. So, I'm very, very pleased to have Kathy with us. Um, she's been chief exec, actually, since Feb 2015, uh, having first joined the society in 2008 as head of external relations. Uh, before working in the charity sector, Kathy had a very long career in journalism, mainly at the BBC. She's also a trustee of action against age-related macular degeneration, a collaboration of three sight loss charities established to find new therapies to stop early AMD, age-related macular degeneration, uh, developing into the blinding forms. And she sits on the Executive Council of the Association of Medical Research Charities. So, Cathy, uh, you're very, very well welcome. Uh, thanks for being with us. Absolute honour to have you. Um, and now alongside Cathy uh, today, we have got ITV This Morning's resident doctor. That's Dr Zoe Williams. So I'm really pleased to have Dr Williams with us. Thank you very much, Zoe, for, for popping on this episode with us. Uh, no, so you might have seen her on the television, of course, on ITV This Morning, but also... You might have seen her previously to that because she kind of rose to media prominence on a show called Gladiators, where she played the character Amazon. She's also uh, played rugby previously as well. So, yeah, she's a, bit of a, she's a bit of a fitness and wellness guru alongside her work as a doctor. Uh, so today she's got a bit of a message about the MMR vaccine. So let's get kicked off then. Really hope you enjoy this. Uh, and as always... As always, these guests are going to be laying down some suggestions for your playlist. So don't forget to have that open alongside. In fact, open it now. Save some time. Get your Spotify or whatever you use open. Prepare to pop in these in these songs and you'll have them to listen to straight afterwards. All right. Anyway, let's get started. First of all, it's Kathy Yelf. And today she's talking about her advocacy for regular eye testing. Here's what she had to say about that. We know that people value their sight above all other senses in the main, um, hearing and smell and taste and, and touch. Of them all, sight is always um, ranked the highest. And, and, and even the fear of losing sight is even worse than fear of some really quite major diseases like di diabetes. And yet, paradoxically, confusingly, people simply don't prioritise their vision. Uh, in their everyday lives. So they don't know how to eat to look after their eyes. They don't know that smoking can make you go blind. Um, and they often don't bother going and having eye health checks at their local optometry optician practices in the in the high street. So really, we want to try to um, get people to match the concern that they give and the, and the treatment, the way they look after their eyes. We want that to match the value that they put on their vision. Yes, thank you, Kathy. And you kind of mentioned um, in your kind of uh, introduction and, and your work, of course, over at the Macular Society that uh, there are, of course, uh, conditions that, have, that affect the macula. Do, do you think it's um, good for people to be aware of these kind of different conditions that, that can affect that area? It's really, really important. And, and one of the most important reasons is that many, not all, sadly not all, but many of these conditions can be treated if they're caught early enough. So if you start to lose your sight from macular degeneration, for example, there are two types, dry and wet um, technical details, but one of them, wet macular degeneration, can actually be treated. But if it's not treated quickly, then you can't reverse the sight loss. 
you can't you can't make it better you can only stop it getting worse and so if you don't go regularly and have eye checks um at your local optometry practice high street optician shops then um it's there's a risk that these things won't be picked up early enough and you lose vision that you don't need to lose now obviously mainly macular degeneration mainly not exclusively but mainly affects older people so it's really really important as you do get older and even at younger ages have these regular checks so that what can be treated can be picked up and treated quickly Yes, that, that sounds incredibly important. Uh, well, one very important takeaway for today, because I can imagine it's just so um, kind of disheartening when you're in that position, when you think, oh, actually, if only I just kind of had this checked earlier, then, of course, I could have received treatment earlier. And, and, and I bet for the kind of um, treating kind of ophthalmologists and the opticians as well, I mean, they must feel quite, um, I guess, distraught. They're not able to kind of help more because, just because of that, you know, lack of um, check that happened earlier it must be you know quite a difficult position to be in for everyone involved really it's heartbreaking isn't it um, i mean there's so much sight loss dry macular degeneration for example that can't be treated although that is a much slower progressing condition than wet macular degeneration um but, but it's heartbreaking because you know the, the, the impact of losing your vision is absolutely devastating and, and for many many people um, it, it really does have such a huge impact on their quality of life, particularly if they don't know about organisations like the Macular Society and they don't get the support and uh, advice and information and emotional support very often that they need. Um, it can be pretty desperate. Uh, and, and so it is heartbreaking and tragic when you hear of cases where people are... Uh, are presenting too late for treat for treatment. Of course, you know there is a huge problem when we're trying to get att- the attention of politicians and policymakers as well, because it's not just us as individuals who tend to uh, overlook the importance of vision. Actually, um, government and the NHS doesn't prioritise it enough either, in our view. Um, and we want to see a lot more research funneled into eye research. Uh, investment and we also want uh, the NHS to make sure that people there's enough capacity in the system to treat all the people who are now coming through with macular disease and because it affects older people of course it means more and more people are getting it because more of us are living into our 70s 80s and and 90s and so on Um, and there isn't capacity in the NHS to treat everybody even before COVID and now we've got the aftermath of COVID to cope with as well the clinics are absolutely overflowing in many parts of the country so um, it, it really is an important priority for government as well as for us as individuals. Yeah, thanks, Cathy. Because actually, I guess touching on another one of these uh, kind of misconceptions that the public um, have, it's actually a very large number, isn't it, of people that live um, with sight loss in the UK. I think it's, it looks like it's over double, actually, what people kind of thought. Is it two million-ish? Yeah, two and a half, two and a half million probably. We, we think that there are about one and a half million people uh, living with sight loss caused by a macular condition, and there are lots of them. So there's age-related macular disease, AMD. People may have heard of that's the most common by far. But um, diabetic macular disease uh, is also a big problem, and also there's a form of macular disease that uh, can come as a result of very high levels of short-sightedness. So that's also a risk, and that's growing as well because more people are becoming short-sighted. Um, uh, interestingly, so um, so there are, there are a lot of people just living with with macular diseases, a million and a half people living with macular diseases, and we think age-related macular degeneration will double uh, before 2050 because of the aging population. So this is a real a real health issue that needs to be um, addressed. 
Um, and there are lots of things that people can do to help themselves. I mean, we know that most uh, macular disease is, is, has a genetic component, so it runs in families. And if you have a family member with it, you are more likely statistically to get it. But um, there are other lifestyle. It's a complicated disease. So there are lifestyle um, issues as well. Smoking, as I mentioned, is a very, very uh, significant uh, impact on macular degeneration. Uh, so does a poor diet. If you, You're more likely to get macular disease if you don't eat fruit and vegetables very much. So all, all the health advice that we give people for their heart uh, is also true for your eyes. Don't smoke. Eat a healthy diet with lots of leafy vegetables and antioxidants. Um, keep your weight and blood pressure normal. And those are the things that you can do yourself to help protect you from eye disease. Thank you very much, Kathy. Yeah, that sounds like um, really important advice for people. And I wonder if it's worth kind of talking a bit about, let's say somebody out there does have um, concerns that they might be affected by an eye issue or perhaps they might be worried that they've kind of got a, a currently unrecognised eye condition that they want to have looked at. What, could we kind of remind our listeners about what they should be doing in that situation? Yeah, so what, what everybody recommends in, in the eye world is that people have regular eye tests at their local eye, high street opticians shops. You make an appointment with your optometrist, who is uh, an eye care professional who is trained um, not just to decide whether you need glasses or not, but also can make um, a, a, a good diagnosis about what is happening in from the eye health point of view, not just whether you're short-sighted or long-sighted, but whether your eyes are healthy. Uh, and they can then refer on to hospitals if, if, if that's necessary. So what people say is every couple of years, people should go and have their eyes checked. If you're over 60 or you're a child or you're in full-time education or you're on certain benefits, these eye checks are free. You don't have to pay for them. And I think people sometimes are concerned that they're going to be bamboozled into buying an expensive pair of glasses that they don't need. But I don't really think that's true. So people shouldn't be put off um, going to have regular eye, eye tests. Um, and then if, if you are worried and you, you think that you're, there's something wrong with your eyes, don't delay don't don't prevaricate over this. Get down to that high street shop immediately uh, and, and get, get your eye looked at because there are some things that can really cause significant loss of vision really over a very short period of time. So you do need to go and have your eyes checked if you're at all concerned about it. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Yeah, that sounds like um, really important advice for people. So uh, thank you for that. And I wonder if it's worth, because um, of course, you know, your work over at uh, the Macular Society sounds, you know, fantastic and another really nice source of information for people. I was wondering if it's worth kind of, um, you know, pointing our listeners in direction a bit more information. It could be, you know, um, any of the kind of web links that you that think might be worth people knowing about or, you know, anything like that at all. Uh, that'd be most, most welcome, Kathy. Yes, so we have a, a huge amount of information on our website, of course, which is maculasociety.org, M-A-C-U-L-A-R, maculasociety.org. Uh, or you can phone our advice and information service weekdays in office hours, 0300 30 30 111. That's 0300 30 30 111. Or our website, maculasociety.org. 
Oh, Kathy, thanks so much for your time. So it's been a fantastic having you. I think it's a really important message for you today. So I'm, I'm really, really pleased to have had you on the show with us. And just just as a very kind of final, um, I guess, just before we close up, it's just really me just to check really with yourself that um, that you're all happy and that you, you know, if there's anything else that you wanted to reiterate or, or get across that you didn't get the chance to, obviously you're you're most welcome. But otherwise, of course, it's, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. But I just wanted to check that you're, you're okay on your end, basically. Yeah, all good here, Ben. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, Kathy, thanks so much. Well, well goodbye in that case, and, and thanks for your time today. Well, that was Kathy Yelf. Thank you very much indeed, Kathy. She's the CEO of the Macula Society. What a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you very much. Uh, now, moving on to our next very, very special guest, it's Dr. Zoe Williams, best known for being the resident doctor on ITV this morning. And today, she's got a message about the MMR vaccine. Now, as always, please don't take this show as replacement for any medical advice that you do need. Uh, So if you do have any questions, of course, make sure you reach out to your GP or another source like the NHS 111 number. But for now, that's enough from me. Let's get Dr. Williams on the episode. I'm Dr. Zoe Williams. I'm a GP and media medic and I'll be talking to you today about MMR vaccines. Oh, Dr. Williams, very, very warm welcome to you. Thanks for, thanks for being with us. I've got the, um, the kind of stats in front of me as well, actually. And I must say just straight off the kind of top of my head, just from a layperson's perspective, it, it sounds pretty worrying, actually, that, you know, this, this kind of um, lull in vaccine uptake uh, is being seen at the moment. I, I wonder what your kind of immediate reaction to this as well, because I can imagine it's probably one of a, a, a well, a bit alarming, to be honest. It it is alarming. We're seeing that one in 10 children are starting school not having been fully vaccinated against measles, mumps and rubella. Um, And the worry here is that we're at a time at the moment where people are starting to come back to the UK who may be travelling from countries where measles is more endemic. Um, We're starting to get back to normal, so not necessarily taking as strict measures that reduce the risk of spreading viruses. And we've got the lowest rate ever of children being protected from measles, mumps and rubella. And the risk, therefore, is that moving forward, we're going to see outbreaks of these viruses in nurseries and in schools. And the real concern about that is that measles in particular can be a very dangerous infection. Whilst most people that get it will have a respiratory illness with a rash, even otherwise healthy children can get complications and those complications can be serious ear infections pneumonia brain inflammation and in rare cases it can be fatal so it really is of concern that that you know there's a risk that there could be outbreaks and a risk that some children could get very poorly when we have a vaccine that can protect them yeah and i don't know if this has kind of um, played into it at all but it'd be interesting to kind of think about why this might be the case and i don't know whether the kind of you know worry about obviously coronavirus has maybe dominated parents minds recently they're not they're kind of forgotten to think about these other obviously you know can be very very dangerous indeed diseases that are out there as well it might be worth just you know reminding them really that you know it's not all about coronavirus is it there are, there are of course lots of things to um you know look out for and obviously you know taking note of what you're told by your gp is incredibly important isn't it yeah, that's right. And, and you know, there are a number of reasons why we're seeing this. We were seeing a decline in uptake of the vaccine before the pandemic. And I think one of the main reasons is that because we're a generation of people who haven't really seen with our own eyes and witnessed children getting unwell with these 
diseases, because we've had such a successful vaccination programme, sure. we kind of feel perhaps like it's not that important anymore. We've forgotten how serious it can be. But there's no doubt that the pandemic has exacerbated the situation. And there's been a survey done that's shown that about one in four parents who haven't had their child vaccinated against MMR have said it's because they didn't want they didn't realise the NHS was still offering appointments and they didn't want to burden the NHS. So, you know, all of these reasons are really valid and understandable, but the message out there is we never stopped vaccinating children, even in the height of the pandemic, because it's so important. So even when we really restricted face-to-face appointments, we would still bring children in to vaccinate them. Um, so don't panic if you've missed a vaccination for your child, but do get them booked in straight away so that they can catch up. So in terms of um, checking up on the kind of, uh, I guess, status of your child's um, vaccination for MMR, is this something that you can just call up and check on if you, you know, not sure yourself? Or how would you kind of recommend that parents confirm that, you know, they're definitely up to date, if that makes sense? Yeah, so so the children should receive their first vaccination at 12 months and their second before they go to school. That's usually around three years and four months. And parents will be contacted when the time is right to, to book their appointment. So if your children are due, um, it's coming up and you will be contacted. But if you've missed um, if you've missed a vaccination, then just ring up and book it in. If you're not sure, then you can check your child's red book. So the red book will have all of the vaccination schedule and it should be documented in there, the vaccines that your child has had. Um, but if in doubt or you're not sure, then yes, I'd, I'd recommend ringing your practice and ask to have a telephone consultation with the nurse and the nurse will be able to check your child's record and if necessary, book them in for um, the vaccination. And if people want just a bit more information generally, then the NHS website's a really good resource and that's nhs.uk forward slash MMR. Oh, Dr. Williams, thank you very much. Yeah, that, that all sounds um, fantastic. Uh, and I guess um, one thing just to, I, mean, I don't know if you wanted to cover this off at all, it's, it's up to you really, but I, I was just thinking maybe it's worth just kind of addressing in case anybody out there has kind of got themselves worried, you know, because of a result of kind of misinformation that they've seen online. I mean, I know this has kind of been a, yeah. a bit of an issue during the kind of coronavirus period as well. I don't know if it's something that you wanted to comment on, you know, reminding people the importance of, you know, making sure that they are getting information from, you know, valid sources. Yeah, and, you know, the NHS website is where I would ask people to go and read. And just to say, I'm a parent, I have an eight-month-old, he will definitely be having his MMR vaccine when he turns 12 months, and I'll be having his his second one as well. I think there is a lot of misinformation out there, and um, I really empathise because we as parents, we just want to do what's right for our child we want to protect them we want to look after their health and we absolutely don't want to do anything that could cause them harm um but when it comes to the mmr vaccine you know it's there's no question of a doubt that the best thing we can do for our children is give them the protection that the vaccine provides it was the measles vaccine was first introduced in 1968 and it's estimated that since then vaccination programs prevented 20 million cases of measles and prevented 4,500 deaths. So, you know, vaccines are safe. The MMR is safe. It is effective. um, And the best thing you can do for your child is vaccinate them. Oh, Dr. Williams, well, thank you very much. Yes, it's been really fantastic having on the on the show with us. I'll just do a couple of things, if that's OK. I'm aware of your time, so I won't keep you too much longer. Um, I was just really wanted to, first of all, just check with yourself um, that, you, that you've that you covered off everything you wanted to today. For example, if you wanted to kind of reiterate 
um, you know, anything at all, you're very welcome to. Or indeed, if there's any other links, you mentioned the NHS website, which is fantastic. If there's anything else at all that you wanted to kind of point our listeners towards, then you're very, very welcome to do that. And then the very final thing, of course, is it's uh, the, the silly question, I'm afraid. It's song request time. So if you would like a song, that's Ooh. what we're going to follow your appearance with. <laughs> so, yeah, hand um, over well, to you. I think, I think we've covered off the main points um i think the you know the instructions were hopefully quite clear that um if in doubt check the red book make an appointment with your gp um have a chat with them and the nhs website was there um and then yeah song request well thank you very much um i don't normally get to request a song so <laughs> please could i request something quite upbeat and fun that hopefully will get people moving because i'm obviously a big advocate of moving your body as well so i'm going to choose um Fleur east and sax well, we come to the end of another episode of Monster Frequency. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, look out for our next episode. It'll be dropping soon. Thank you very much to my very, very special guests today, Dr. Zoe Williams and Kathy Elf. Right. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Monster Frequency.